Hello, everyone. This is a bonus episode where Patricia and I were guests on the Time West podcast. This topic is about hate in America and how racism has been an ongoing problem. This isn't our usual goofy and fun style, so if you're not in the mood to listen about a serious or sensitive topic, just skip it. Thanks, and here we go. Today on the Tom West Show, we have a very special show. We have the ladies from That's Why Show, because we're talking about Asian hate and discrimination towards Asians. The guest we have, Anna, she identifies as Asian, and also we have Patricia, who identifies as... I am Latina, but I'm Black by race and Latin by culture. It's not easy to just check a box, but that's how I identify I identify as black, even though if I ever had to fill anything out like census or application, I put other. You know, just to mess oh. with them. Just to mess with them. Is there a way to mark every box? <laughs> every all of box. the above. And all of the above human race. Well, I can't. I really can't wait till we get to the day that we don't have to. That that's not important. Most definitely. So, Anna, what is your nationality? I am Hmong and Vietnamese. Hmong is similar to Native Americans. We are tribal. We believe in shamans, rituals. We have different tribes, white tribe, red tribe, black tribe. And we have, for example, at funerals, there's a shaman that will have a flute that will play. So we believe in the the ancestral concept, the soul and spirit. We don't have a country. We are not like Vietnam, Laos, Thailand. We live in mostly mountain areas, and we're really good with agriculture. So if you guys ever go to California, they will most likely be cultivating some weed. I like <laughs> and it. I like some it marijuana. Nice. <laughs> and I learned something new about you today. I love it. I did too. I didn't know that you identified yourself culturally as Latin, but you are black. I didn't yes. know that either. So thank mm-hmm. you for explaining that. Right. From the outside I appreciate looking that. in, right? If, she, if somebody mm-hmm. sees yeah. her walking down the street, what are they going to say? No doubt, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of shades of Dominicans. You have people that are very fair-skinned with the broad mm-hmm. noses and the thicker lips. And mm-hmm. then you have dark people who've got the thinner noses and the thinner lips. Right. All of it. Mm-hmm. You put it in a blender and that's what you get. Everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Anna, just another question we have. So, where are you from? Are you actually from those places that or is that where your family's from? That's where my parents are from. They're from Vietnam and Laos. Okay. And I was born and raised in Utah, good old Mormon state. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not Mormon. I was raised Buddhist. Thank goodness I lived in an area in Salt Lake City that had a diverse group of people. We had Asians, Hispanics. In Utah? Black. Yeah, in Utah. Oh, my depiction of Utah is like uh, all white. 87% vanilla for sure. But there's, oh, yeah. absolutely. There's that other percentage that's Got a little diversity there. I live in West Valley City, which is the most diverse city in Utah. Yeah. Okay. I hate to say the word minority. West Valley City is 50% minority and 50% white. True. What's that 50% minority? Mexican, South American, Indian, Asian, Tongan, Black, Polynesians. Yes. Pacific Islanders. Yeah. Okay. You got everything. And a lot of people that are migrating from. Ethiopia, they've got a lot of cuisine there. Yes. It's amazing. It's a lot of diversity. Right. Mm-hmm. Could you answer this? Do people like to say Hispanic or should we say Latin? I like Latino. I don't like Hispanic. 
I apologize then. No, Thank no. you for correcting me. You don't like Hispanic or Spanish? Hispanic or Spanish. Really, Latin, it's a bigger umbrella. Hispanic, I guess it's more of a governmental term. And I remember hearing about the difference. But Latin, I'm more comfortable with that. And I think most people would be too. Latinos. From now on, I'm going to say that then. You're right, though. In school, we are taught Hispanic. You know what? It's the same thing as when you say Oriental versus Asian. When you say Hispanic, it's like saying Oriental. When you say Latino, it's like saying Asian. I don't even think I've heard that word Oriental in so long. I've, I almost forgot about it until you just brought that right? up. Right? We are living in a time where political correctness is important to a degree. You can't be too hypersensitive. But because we've been so hyper-insensitive for so long, this is why we've developed that platform of being what? Politically correct. So because of political correctness, we don't hear the word oriental. It's looked mm -hmm. down upon. It's derogatory. But when you say Asian, it's more inclusive. Right. So Hispanic is going out the door as well for that reason. I get it. I get we're it. using more Latino. Probably like the word Negro. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, no doubt. You read books and they still have the word. You know, I haven't heard it as of late, but you know, that is a word that just needs mm -hmm. to go pretty much. As a Latina, you know, we say negro is the color black. But you, when you, when, we, when you refer to people, este negro, you are saying it in a derogatory term like this negro or the N-word. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I feel like I've learned a lot about myself in the last decade or so. And that is why I consider myself a black woman by race with a Latin culture, because that's the predominance that I carry. Let's not forget that in the Dominican Republic, there's a huge indigenous history, right? Because that's when the settlers got there and they brought the mm -hmm. Africans, they brought them to a land that was populated by indigenous people. Yeah. And of course, they died off and they experienced the same things that the Native Americans experienced here in the United States. So that's where that blend comes from. But if racially, I have Spanish, I have indigenous, and I have black. But when I see myself in the mirror, that is what I see is a black woman. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. How are Asians viewed and through your eyes? That's really interesting because a lot of this has been brought to light for me recently. But growing up, the way I saw Asians and the way that we see them as a culture it's very different than the way that they're being portrayed now. Mm -hmm. Asians were smart. Asians were hardworking and all of that kind of stuff. And I want to share this point because it kind of leads into what you're asking me right now. My friend shared a comment with me and it said, Asians have often been viewed as perpetual foreigners, not real Americans, right? Quote unquote. In the 40s, they illegally were imprisoned and had 100 acres of land confiscated internment. Asians also benefit yet slash suffer from the model minority myth. They have expectations to quietly assimilate, but they can pay the price when they don't fit. So I think that they're in a very unique situation right now because sadly we lump this whole thing that's happened with COVID and China. When someone looks Asian, period, just like there's right. black Cubans, there's black Africans, there's blacks from all kinds, you don't know what kind of black you're looking at. You don't know what kind of Asian you're looking at, but they're all lumped under the same umbrella. And so that animosity is just immediately triggered towards whomever is receiving it, whether you are from Vietnam, whether you are from China. I feel like that stigma has stuck with them since all of this started. And sadly, 
it's directed in the wrong direction, but it is something that I feel like has surfaced. And I think it resonates with our need to always hate somebody. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially here, right? Especially in the United States. Who are we going to hate next? Who are we going to blame for what? Unfortunately, they're carrying the baton. Where I'm from, the East Coast of my community, we always viewed Asians as mostly, the first when we hear Asians, we think of Chinese, right? Mm-hmm, so we right. lumped that all into one. We think of Chinese and we think of all the people that own Chinese soil in my community were Korean. We still lumped them in all together and we thought, yeah, like hard work and they go to school. And we always thought they didn't share their dollars in our community, yes. but they took our dollars. Would you agree in saying that the way that they were viewed were they're a tiny community and no one can get in? It wasn't a, a very much of a discrimination thing going on with us, with them. It was more like... Exclusive. Exclusive. They're over there and we're over here, right? right. They do their thing, whatever, whatever, right? And right. there's Manhattan, mm-hmm. there's Chinatown, there's, yeah, okay, we mingle when we have to do things like eat or maybe we buy certain things. But other than that, we didn't really have too much, you know, things to do it. And we didn't have all the, the crazy stuff that's going on now and, you know. Or maybe it always went on, we just didn't have it like publicized so much. Right, now it's in plain sight. You know, you have over and covert. And so I think it's definitely, and I think, again, Mm -hmm. this whole thing with COVID and people believing a lot of the uh, rhetoric that China's trying to take over the world, these Chinese are trying to rule us, and all these things has exacerbated that whatever slight biases Mm -hmm. you had, they're being brought to light. Because of all of this, you know what I'm saying? Which really, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of Wayne Dyer, but Wayne yes. Dyer says, what do you get out of an orange, right? What do you get out of an orange? Orange juice. Why? Because it's an orange, right? So when you when life squeezes you and tests your stress level, mm-hmm. what does it get out of you? Does it get hatred? Does it mm-hmm. get uh, prejudice? And I think that we're being squeezed as a society and now all these things are coming to light because of our history and we have to redirect it. I love that you said that about the history because you and I spoke, Patricia, about American history. And regardless which country a person immigrated from, it was either the Irish, Italian, Dutch, the Dutch Pennsylvania. They have certain areas of the country that are more Irish, more Italian. When the Chinese came to the United States in the 1860s to work on the railroads, Over 80% of the railroad was built by Chinese workers. After 1869, when it was completed, they did not get citizenship. They worked hard. They got paid less. Mm -hmm. But they still worked in those conditions where they were hanging off cliffs, putting dynamite and gunpowder in the side. They sacrificed their lives and worked just as hard or more Mm -hmm. so. Exactly. And then in the 1940s, when World War II happened, President Franklin Roosevelt had the executive order where Japanese internment camps were established. All these Japanese people were taken, and most of them were born in the United States, were taken into these internment camps. Not only that, but even Native Americans. When settlers came here, the railroads were here Mm -hmm. to expand the United States, right? But they had these what's called barbed wire. Mm -hmm. You guys know what barbed wire was? Native Americans called barbed wire devil's rope because it prevented them from going through the lands and getting their bison and buffalo. It really halted their way of life. So yes, there is this Asian hate that's going on right now, but it's not new. 
It's not just our yeah. race. And in fact, when African slaves were in the United States, late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a movement to free the slaves and bring them back to Africa. What happened was mm-hmm. they enslaved the native Africans there and they yep. used the plantation concept to the native Africans in Africa. So right. slavery mm-hmm. has happened for over 9,000 years. Oppression Mm -hmm. has happened, misogyny, women's rights, everything has happened. But right now, it is the Asian hate. What intensified it? Do you think COVID and or the last administration that we had, Trump, do you think he inflamed that at all? I believe that because if he's using the term Asian flu, then you're attaching that word to blame Asian Mm -hmm. people. Absolutely. It is kind of interesting because the misconception of the Spanish flu wasn't Spanish flu. It happened in Kansas. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Was it 1918, I believe? But that's the thing. When you label something, that name will attach itself. When I think Spanish flu, I don't think of Kansas. Right. So I've got to switch my mind. And same thing with Asian flu. I have to say, I don't believe in the open markets in China. That needs to go. Right. And I don't like the animals being... the wet markets? The the wet markets. That's awful. So that is the part where I'm just like, yeah, China needs to step up. If they want to be a part of the globalization, which they are, and yes, Chinese people are taking over the world, they bought the largest pork company in the world based in the United States. Mm -hmm. The strange thing is we have these soybean agriculture in the United States, 90% gets Mm -hmm. shipped to China. We are accommodating the Chinese mm-hmm. market right? Mm-hmm. with the Asian hate. No, that's got to go. Asian hate, that breaks my heart. The Black Lives Matter, that breaks my heart. Anything that targets a certain group. Right. A group. Oh and you God, can't unlearn that. You made a point earlier about once you stigmatize something, mm-hmm. it takes so much more effort for you to unlearn that that isn't true. I was telling, uh, having that conversation with my husband about the fact that how long did it take the United States to realize that no one human race isn't less than another simply because they look differently? Mm -hmm. Instead of always bonding with the similarities that we have, which is many, many, we have much more similarities with each other from all walks of life on the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. You got Mm -hmm. two eyes. You got nose just like me. It's not like you got three eyes. (laughs) Did you say three eyes? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, (laughs) have you ever seen those people who have like an extra appendage? You know, and I'm still Yeah, but what are you thinking when you shake that hand? (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever see that comedian that was talking about that? Like, they have one up on you because when you're counting on your fingers for reasons why not to date someone, (laughs) they have one extra one? (laughs) You got me, buddy. But anyway, the point is that instead of sitting down being like, look, we have so much more things in common than we have that are not. And we never go that route. We always go the opposite, yes. how different we are and focus on those points. And I think that, again, going back to your point, when you stigmatize something and when you categorize something, whether it's like the Chinese flu for the most part, people don't want to do the research and homework. And what makes me sad, mm-hmm. listen, Somebody in Dominican Republic in the hills, you got a phone and you got Wi-Fi, you have knowledge. And in a time where we have knowledge at our fingertips, we are more ignorant sometimes than yeah, we Yeah, well, we still have those ignorant people mm-hmm. putting out news yeah. like via whatever the news outlet be, right? Is this a, a reputable outlet, right? Because you have, I mean, out of the 10 ways mm-hmm. that I can find this information, which do I trust? 
sadly, there are a lot of sources that are misinforming mm-hmm. people out there. So it's, it is a little bit more of a challenge. Nonetheless, we have the access, right? There are 3,800 anti Asian racist incidents that have happened the past year, mostly wow. against women. And a lot of the media has that I have personally seen has portrayed Black doing the harm on mm. Asian women. Interesting. Why do you think that's so? So when a Black person does a crime, right, and then you capture it, to the media in America, it just looks so much more aggressive, no matter if oh. it's two compared to a thousand white. When you look at the, uh, the other way around, the way law enforcement handles people of color, it's just so aggressive. So in turn, when a black person does nothing and they're shot and they're killed, right, during this event that takes place through usually more than likely white law enforcement or even sometimes not even white. I just think it just all boils down to just the narrative that's been going on in America for years. You know, we're trying to change it. You know, we have a better administration now. Things are changing. But I think it's just looked upon as we're so much more aggressive. And, you know, it's just... If I could add to what Al just said, because it's about that narrative, like he said, but it's also perpetuating what sells. When you're looking at the media, the media has never been a unifying force. It's always divisive. Everything, even the freaking weather. Tomorrow, <laughs> the snow. You're like, oh my God, why you gotta be dramatizing everything? It's gonna rain, right. just relax. You know what I'm saying? We've seen it before. And so everything mm-hmm. is about ratings. How do I get the ratings? See it here on channel four. Like it's the only, you are gonna re- be reporting what everybody else is, but why am I going to watch mm-hmm. you because you're going to show me that guy how can i shock you how can i scare how you, can right? i shock so you and like... scare you into watching tomorrow to see if what your story or what that narrative am i still feeding into it you know have you guys ever watched the movie the maid no oh no the help pardon the me help, the yes. help pardon uh-huh. me Yes, The Help. Mm-hmm. The Maid, I'm sorry, it was about maids, but it was called The Help. In The Help, I don't know if you remember that she was saying all these in Jim Crow, they would not allow a white woman to breastfeed in a room where black men had been. Not even a black man yeah. just sitting there watching you breastfeed. Not present. Had been. So what does that say? That says that we are still practicing, whether consciously or subconsciously, those biases and against and those prejudices and those stigmas to see, again, a black man walking down the street and a white man, Mm -hmm. more people would clench their purse if they were walking on the side with the black guy. No matter what that black man looks like, right? Exactly. Al, you know, being from New York, how many professional doctor black men that have well-dressed trying to hail a cab Mm -hmm. and being passed Mm -hmm. over? Still, that still happens. 2021, here we are. So we're still experiencing, because of those stigmas, right? Back then, Mm -hmm. they've just taken on a different form, but they're still here. And it's not until we break those. And little things like we were just talking about earlier, how essential. I don't know that that's so essential for me to constantly be identifying myself in a job interview or in an application. My qualifications should speak for themselves not my race. That's what you're hiring me for. What do you for. mark on the box? I mark, well, they have Latino, Hispanic, or Black, Hispanic. That's what mm-hmm. I usually mark. You know, and I can always, we were joking about putting other just to mess with them. But at the same time, I want to be true to who I am. But you are asking me the question and I'm answering it. I want to not have to even be asked. That is the day that we're really making progress. 
when that gets to that point. I agree yes and no to that, Patricia. I agree because we should be qualified for the job based on our experience, our knowledge, mm -hmm. our know-how. However, I also believe that diversity needs to be in a workplace. Yes. For example, Rwanda is the number one country in the world that has women in the government roles, in government positions. Really? And in the constitution, 30% have to be women. And what happened during the genocide in 1994, mm -hmm. in 100 days, 800,000 Tutsis were slaughtered. Wow. The women before 1994, they couldn't own land. They couldn't divorce. Yes, they yes. had to take the abuse. And after the men passed away, who's going to take over the roles? The women. They turned the government into a nurturing, caring, uplifting More diverse. Government. You need that diversity. I agree with you, Anna. I really do. And so, yes, I believe that hire me on my qualifications, not on my race. However, Rwanda really made me think differently. Maybe we need to have those percentages. Let's have people in office that are representing that ratio. Correct. Right. And that's why equal opportunity exists. Yes, if it wasn't yes. for that, we would not have that equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I guess my mindset of mine wanting to get to that point where we all can have an equal footing, right? That balance. True. Um, but that. if you yeah. were, if we're not forced, you're right. If mm -hmm. they're not forced to answer that question, because you do have to say, then they do have to answer in HR and say, oh, we, we see that we don't have enough diversity exactly. and we have to hire. And sadly, it is the, wor the world that we've created. It is. It doesn't have to be that way. And I hope that it's... It's the balance of wanting to be... You are proud of your nationality and your race, but you don't want to be uh, discriminated Absolutely. against because of it. Or marked. Or marked. And I think that yeah. we should all be proud and we should all be happy that we can share something different because of where we come from. But Anna, going on to a topic that you had mm -hmm. mentioned before, I don't know if you brought it up about Haitians. Oh, yes. The Dominican is next to Haiti and Haitians are treated less than because even though they travel across the border and they try to work and they'll have to you know, go back every day to live in Haiti, how does that reflect upon you? your history, your family? I mean, how do you feel about that? And does that ever play in your mind like when you go back and visit? Absolutely. Let me ask Al something. Do you have roots from like, you know, maybe three, four generations back? Doing the um, ancestry, you know, some of the DNA stuff. I go all the way back to 1800s and it goes back to plantations, mm -hmm. right? So it goes back to the slave owner. Yeah which my last name is West, which it was a West plantation, mm. which they migrated from Holland. Oh, and interesting. we all know that all the slaves were marked last name by whoever their slave master family yes, was. That's right. I didn't know that. That's how African-Americans have their last name. That's mm -hmm. why it all sounds so American. So when you hear the Hamiltons in the West, you know, so it's a resemblance of you figure a guy like Malcolm X replaced his last name with X because he always figured, you know, black people were lost in America. Mm -hmm. You were something before you got here. They just erased it. I go, I'm about 70% from uh, around this East Northern African area. And the rest is European. Mostly that is because of the um, what happens mm. on plantations, right? With slave owners. We know. And, you know. Mm -hmm. So what happens is slave owners, you know, usually rape the uh, African women. Of course. And I asked you that question because going off of Anna and the Haitians, you know, we still, again, as we said earlier, 
and a lot of things revisit, right? You revisit the same topic over and over again, because until you don't heal from something, you can't put it past you. We're still healing from a lot of the, the prejudice and the stigma that the supreme powers that be labeled on us, okay? There's a lot of still black self-hatred in Dominican Republic. And we're just starting to scratch that surface, I would say within the last five to 10 years at most. So we hate the Haitians for being black and for being poor and for a lot of the conditions that they themselves did not put themselves in. We don't want them intermingling. And so when they come to the Dominican Republic, we give them those scrawny jobs like a lot of Mexicans experience here, right? That stigma that they have. Interestingly enough, you know, I taught, uh, I said to a friend that, you know, Utah was part of Mexico. All that was part of Mexico. Yeah. And he uh-huh. looked at me and I was like, yep. you didn't, you didn't know. Like, I was surprised that he didn't know that he was an Anglo person. And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <He was an laughs> Anglo person. You know oh, what I no. mean? Like he was a Caucasian. <laughs> he was a white person. And I'm like, and I, and I didn't mean to sound wow. like I was trying to look down on his lack of knowledge, but I'm like, you know that all this was taken anyway from the get-go, and especially this here was part of Mexico. Anyway, so going back, mm-hmm. I feel it's sad what they're experiencing. A lot of discrimination Haitians are in the Dominican Republic. They were trying mm-hmm. to pass a law, just like the anchor babies, quote-unquote. There were Haitians what that had been baby there for... Mean? Well, you know, like they were saying that Mexicans come here to have an American baby so that then they can get their papers and use their American child. And then they were saying that even if that child, remember that big thing during the Trump administration, we're not going to allow these children to anchor their parents and be what allows their parents to come here and get their papers. So even if that child was born in the United States, they're going to deport that child with their parents because they were here for that purpose. I understand. Okay. So in Dominican Republic, sadly, there are people, there was one in particular that broke my heart. It was this doctor. She had been born in the Dominican Republic. This woman's in her 40s. They were trying to deport her and void her birth certificate because her mother had gone to the Dominican Republic illegally. This was a woman that was Dominican in all forms. She was born there, the culture. She doesn't know what it's like. She hadn't ever even been to Haiti and they were trying to deport her because of that hate. It's like the dreamer situation, right? That we have here in exactly. America, right? Exactly. Exactamente. Yo, I don't even know why you're going to be sending me to a country that I have no idea about anything. Wow. And I hate to put that word out there, but that su- that white supremacy mm-hmm. is, I feel, the foundation of a lot of things that we need to break out of. When you speak of the United States and in inception and its its foundation, that's who you're talking about. It's Mm -hmm. the founding fathers and who were they and what were they trying to convey? Mm -hmm. And why have we had to have always a group to hate? All those groups have not been able to meet that ideal of what they wanted. So I feel Mm -hmm. like it's been way too long and that's where all of this hate is founded on. And I feel like it needs to be redirected. And the only way that we will learn is by understanding and educating ourselves with mm-hmm. each other. I mean, here we have three different backgrounds. I mean, I may be from New York, just like Al and the East Coast, but I have a Latin background. Al has a different 
lineage you have one differently and yet we're all here and we're able to sit down so being in utah wherever or wherever else you traveled in the u.s have you ever been called any racial slurs any asian racial slurs or i've never been called a name before even living in utah and i think the really i know right but you know utah we have a lot of missionaries that go to different countries and so even though we have a lot of white people here they are more culturally diverse are they in utah oh i'm trying to explain this in a way that (laughs) makes sense because when you're mormon you're 18 years old you get shipped off to a different country you don't know which country that you're going to yes and you're there for two years you have to more acceptable not to express your hate in utah against other races i think the politeness is a Utah thing. I've never been called a name before. Is that right, Patricia? Do you think the politeness is a thing here? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're they're hyper sensitive to not offending. But I think that what Anna's saying is very, very poignant. The Mormon church, if there's one thing that I could say that they do great, is being able to expose people to a lot of different cultures. And you don't just go there for a month and punch in and do Mm -hmm. a Peace Corps thing. You live among them. You eat their food. You learn their language. You embrace the culture. And when they come back, they are more educated. Again, going back to that word, they're more educated on really what the people are like. Whether there's an acceptance or not, I cannot say, but I can say say that there's definitely a high tolerance and an understanding, which allows for them to be more accepting then in turn. So I think that that's probably why I would say. And Utah opens up their borders to a lot of refugees like Ethiopia and Somalia. We have a lot of immigrants Mm -hmm. that come to Utah. And when you have the Mormons sending their kids out to missionaries, I have clients and they speak fluent, you know, Tagalog, Spanish, Japanese, mm-hmm. Thai. You got to be careful sometimes when you're talking. Yeah. You don't know who knows another yes. language. And interestingly enough, because, you know, Utah is, like you said, I, I don't know what the percentage is. It's Caucasian and then other, mm-hmm. right? Yet it's a Republican state. Mm-hmm. Even despite that, there's a lot of diversity and I think a lot of more acceptance here mm-hmm. for, for that reason. I would I would wager. No more different than New York. Mm-hmm. When I grew up, there was a lot of hate crimes. Really? Oh, yeah. Kind of discriminative too, right? I think it's a little segregated also. Which Very. People think of the East Coast as... Oh, you know, they so they were so progressive, especially when you yes. think of like civil war and things like that. But the I've never been are there, girl. Where I grew up in Washington Heights. If you look up Washington Heights, you'll hear about the plays mm-hmm. and the stuff. But that was the little Dominican Republic right now. But yet you got Spanish Harlem, mm-hmm. you got the Puerto Ricans, you got the people from Harlem that are black, you've got the whites living in the village. On it the is, side. despite yep. how what a melting pot it is, everybody keeps to their own. For the most wow. part, oh, yeah. yeah, people do mingle, but they have huge neighborhoods of just you will catch maybe you might catch a sprinkle of a different nationality. A sprinkle, I like that. <laughs> I like yeah. a, sprinkle. a sprinkle, a little here and there. You <laughs> got a little it. sprinkle, Ooh. a little sprinkle. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. So we all know about the Atlanta shooting. The guy is saying that oh, I had some type of sexual addiction and I've been to Asian massage parlors. Do you guys buy that? That that is the way it is. Do you buy that? I feel in my heart that it is a hate crime. Even if he had this problem with his sexual addiction, he blatantly selected those places who they're 
Asian. And the bad thing is Asians, for some reason, well, actually, I know the reason, but Asians are usually sexualized. They're overly sexualized. You know, you are look they? at the opium. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. You know, you look at the opium dens in China. They always have like these um, madams and they yeah. have these prostitutions. And back in the day, you know, well, of course, it was true. I don't know about the over-sexualized part, but I do know black men love Asian women. Well, I didn't know that was a thing. But yeah, Asian hate with the Asian parlors, I think I want to ask Patricia. She she told me something really important and eye-opening before you logged in, Al. And I was wondering if you could share that about the salons and stuff and business. Oh, well, I was like, oh, snap. What did I say? I'm always so scared. Um, yeah, there's a history. And I don't know if Al's heard about this, but there was a time where there was a lot of protests of Blacks against Asian nail salons because they were feeling discriminated against. We give you our money, you come to our community, you make money off of us, but you treat us less than. Mm -hmm. Black people were like, just stop giving them your money. Money mm -hmm. talks, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and it helps. But there has been this kind of intermittent discord and animosity against with Asians and the black communities, like predominantly black communities, where Asians have their businesses. If they have mm. it in the black community, these things can happen. But going to the comment or question that you had, Al, it's kind of like a woman or a man saying, well, this woman was acting provocative or she was dressed provocative. So therefore she deserved to be sexually assaulted or treated a certain way. A man that has integrity does not take advantage of a woman in a certain situation. Most definitely, yeah. She's dressed a certain way. So that man saying that is blowing smoke and camouflaging who you really are. Again, what do you get when you squeeze an orange, right? That's who mm -hmm. he was. A violent hating person and you're just using that as an excuse that's my opinion if you ask the same man about his daughter he would not believe that right then it's a whole different story right mm -hmm. yes you should never take advantage of somebody you consider to be less of or somebody you consider mm -hmm. to be not as strong as you right however that is not as strong not as mentally and if you're taking advantage of that situation to me that's being a coward right oh absolutely to me you want if you want to be a tough guy you think you're this you're that take advantage of a situation where you don't know if you can win right we have to connect with our human side and not our animalistic side because they don't speak well to each other sometimes and you have yeah, to be logical civilized, and right? assess it exactly i think it's definitely a hate crime because the first thing I think about when I look at any other racial disparity going on, I always look at my community and I always feel like, well, a young white guy shoots up a black church. Then he gets a ride in a cop car with no cuffs. They take him to a drive through. They feed him, ask him, is he OK? And then they, you know, ultimately let him try to plead out insanity. Right. I always look at it that way. And to me, I think it's definitely a hate crime. It's just the same thing, kind of like the narrative of what we have in the U.S. And, you know, we have this podcast and these talks just so yeah. hopefully, you know, we get people to hear this and they understand that everybody else thinks. It's not just about how you feel and what you think. I think you just have to listen to everybody's point of view and that's how we can come together. And we definitely have to have some type of compromise on that. I want to say something on that topic. And I can't remember where I heard it, but learn learn and educate yourself. I heard, and I can't remember what the number is, but that whites are much less likely to have friends, close friends that are of other cultures than other groups. So blacks, Latinos, Asians, you're more likely to have 
close friends from another. Now, I I can't really say that in Utah, right? Because my kids have been very embraced. You know, my husband is Caucasian and my kids just, they all look very Latino except for, you know, one. And quote unquote, what Latino means. Because again, we've got the gamut that we discussed earlier. So I always said to my kids, you're a little adult in training. I raised my kids to be adults in training. I don't treat them like children, but you're in training for being an adult. Look at the world around you and think for yourself. That's how I always taught, you know, raise my kids to be. But point being that they've experienced very little discrimination. And when I say very little, Mm -hmm. the biggest I heard was my daughter works at McDonald's and these kids were in a car. And when they were driving off, they called her the N-word. And the funny thing is, when I asked her, you know, how did you feel about it? She was looking at them like, they're so stupid. They don't even know what they're talking about. And she brushed it off. So I'm happy that she handled it that way. Wow. But that's not the story for a lot of people who live in certain areas that are discriminated against and have to deal with that on a daily basis. So you have to be sensitive. It's not, I don't think it's okay to just tell someone, just get over it. Or you have to try to understand it and understand the whole picture to be able to cure it from the inside don't just take a tylenol and don't just put a band-aid let's try to fix it from the nitty-gritty the fact that we're talking about this right now we're having this discussion and we all come from different backgrounds is a representation of how we can be in the future the more people that have this open dialogue the better for all of us together yes i feel like not only having this dialogue but don't be afraid to allow Mm -hmm. yourself to get close to someone that is completely different than you. Not Mm -hmm. only will you learn about them, but you'll learn about yourself. Mm -hmm. If you hang out with like-minded people only, you'll never challenge your mind. So broaden your horizons with your socialization, your religion, with your faith. Embrace all that it has. That doesn't mean that you can't have a preference. Keep your preference and enjoy them. But learn from others and you can teach them too. It's not just about learning. It's teaching them. I love that, Patricia. Yeah, hopefully. So in closing, you guys have anything else you guys want to get out there? You guys want to say or? Yeah, we have our comedy podcast. That's why. And you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google. And you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at That's Why Show. No doubt. And um, I definitely want to have another conversation with you guys in the future. As far as, you know, the Tom West Show, you guys know where you can catch us at. It's Time West 2021 Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to email your questions, then you can get us at timewestshow83 at gmail. So thank you, guys. Thank Thank you, you. Al. Bye. Bye. Bye.